Welcome to Jackson Transplants, the Welcome Committee for Transplants. Jacksonian is welcome, but not necessary. In this episode, I have the beautiful Tania. having me here how was your weekend my weekend was amazing Um, I did a little kind of a vacation in New Orleans and just relaxed and did nothing and it just was incredible what I needed that's good I I think it's time for me to visit I've been holding off visiting my family just because I have a toddler Mm -hmm. I don't know I feel like I'm kind of yeah. ready to visit my family now, so I'm, I don't know. I might have to figure that out. Yeah. Are they all in New Orleans? Or? Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really do any sightseeing this trip, of course, because of COVID, but I right. just kind of relaxed, and the place I stayed was beautiful and fun and just cool, and that's kind of what I really needed, but yeah, I, I love that city. Yeah. Just to see some people maybe honk and drive past the street really fast <laughs> and pick up some food. <laughs> Like, you didn't hear me? I came to visit you. <laughs> I'm a sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that should work. That should be sufficient. I love it. I love it. Okay, so tell me about growing up in Jackson. Yeah, so I lived here uh, mostly up until I was about 22 years old. Okay. And I went to school in Goodman, Mississippi, and then in uh, Raymond, And it was great. It was good because, like, for me, I think as a musician, the coolest part was I grew up singing in church. So my whole family sang. And it was just this community for me of, like, really getting to be artistic, even in a religious setting. Um, That was kind of encouraged. So that was a good thing for me. You know, I didn't really notice until later in life, like, oh, I I maybe would move. But um, Mm -hmm. It ended up being something that now I look back on and, and value a lot. Yeah, yeah. So you talked about singing in church. I'm guessing that was like the first time you got involved with music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How did you make the transition? You know, everyone doesn't like you let you transition from gospel to <laughs> the music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from the so from the time I was about eight, in, in between eight to ten years old, I started writing songs, and none of them were gospel songs. Okay, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that was never a thing for me. Um, I love the gospel roots and songs, so I love the harmonies, I yeah. love the layers, I love um, you know the runs and and the the energy of gospel music. But I always gravitated towards secular music. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't really that tough. It was just kind of, I was super shy. So mm-hmm. I just would sit in my room and write all the time. And that was like my hobby. Okay. I just mm-hmm. want you to know, I too sung in a choir. Oh. But I could not sing. I was a part of one of those choirs where they let anybody sing. Because <laughs> you're singing for the Lord. But 
I can't sing. I can harmonize, I think, in the background, like way in the back. Yes, I, I love sing. it. <laughs> so my, I don't know, my uh, home church might want to consider that when they reopen. Uh, <laughs> we recruit. I hope nobody's listening to this from there. <laughs> but you got another talent, which is communication, which is great, yes, right? Barely, I hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so tell me about your musical career. How do you go from being a shy girl writing songs at home to being like this big performer? Um, that's a good question. And I don't really know. I think it's just, it's always been a passion for me. And I, I was so shy, but I knew I could do it. And so I would go home and practice the other lead singers vocal parts. And I'd be like, Oh my God, I think I got it. You know, that kind of thing. And then it transitioned into, I got the chance to do it. And even though my voice was shaken and I was nervous about it, I really just kind of loved it. And I love singing and I love writing. And so it just transferred into me just making, just, I kept writing. Yeah. And then at 18, I picked up guitar, which is pretty late for most people. Uh, I played a little bit of piano when I was growing up and then I picked up guitar and it was like my instrument. I was like, this is so cool. I had a friend that was playing at the time and he really inspired me to keep going, you know, for it with it. And I, I was like, I'm going to learn how to play this instrument, even if it kills me, because I was so independent as a person that I was like, I don't want to have to wait on anybody to make tracks for me. I don't want to yeah. have to wait on anybody else. I just want to have, I want to be able to do it myself. And so that's what really kind of, uh, you know, kind of helped me get, my grounding or my footing mm-hmm. into just writing and performing. I just loved it. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to learn um, guitar? I feel like I'm still learning guitar. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and that's like, I, it would be almost 20 years this year. Right. And um, I feel like I'm still learning, but I think it took about three to three years for me to transition. So where I could play stuff and sing at the same time to where it felt like it kind of had a level of finesse to it. Mm-hmm. And then just adding on from there. Okay, just that was just a side question. My uh, husband asked my dad the same question, and I forgot the advice he gave us. I kind of glazed over when he started talking about it. But yeah, because I remember even my dad when he learned. I think he had learned probably when he was an adult as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was just curious about that. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so um. The first time I learned about you was at the Jackson Indie Music Week. So I believe you were on a panel. I think I went to the women's panel or something like that. So that was the first time I became familiar with you. And I believe at that time you were like touring a lot, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like how, how, how did you even get to be, I think that's such a cool life to have. I know it can be challenging too, but I think it's such a cool thing to be able like to tour full time. How, how was life on the road, I guess? I love traveling. So for me, it's a, it it was a beautiful experience, not without its challenges. Like you said, like, you know, at the time I was married and we were traveling in an RV and that was really fun and really cool, but we did that for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I think at at a certain point, it's like, I'm always of the the thing of like how to work smarter, not harder. So I'm always constantly reevaluating my work and what can I do? But when I get to go out into the world and be in front of a new audience, and really test out my craft and tune into them and their energy. It is so much fun for me Yeah. because I feel like it's where I really get to be 
myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? On the stage, there's no, I, I don't have a filter <laughs> anyway. <Yeah. laughs> but I definitely don't have one on stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I like to make it really fun. So um, it's been really cool. It was cool for me to just get to see the whole, I mean, I, pro- I pretty much saw 40 ish of the 50 states. Oh, wow. Um, so a lot of this country and it was really, really cool to meet people from all over. Yeah. And then, so you were performing, you're the songwriter, but then you're like your manager and you're having to book stuff. Like that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it is a lot. And it still is a lot. Um, now I'm not traveling as much. So now all of my stuff is online, but you know, it's, it's, it's what most independent artists do if they don't have their own booking agent or they don't have a manager. It's kind of what we all have to learn to do. Um, it's, it's kind of at this point built into the job of being Mm self-employed. I bet that's a good like business skill to have though, to be able to do all that stuff. Yeah. I always say it's good because once I hire somebody, I know what their job looks like. If I hire somebody to edit a video, even though I'm not the, queen editor. I know how to edit my own videos so I can go to somebody and say, this is what I wanted to look like. I'm very hands-on with that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it actually is a great benefit as for, for myself as an artist, because I get to learn through other people and learn myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so you don't know this probably, but I think while you guys were shooting the City with Soul video, we were like around the corner recording one of our episodes and we came out during the break. We used to like record a bunch of episodes at one time. We came out during the break and saw you guys on Capitol. Yeah. So <laughs> so we got a sneak peek of the video before anybody else. And that's all dancers. I said that should happen, but you know, I have I have other stuff going on. So I'm just gonna <laughs> go back to recording. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so how did that happen for you? Yeah, so uh, Greater Jackson Art Council, I've been doing work with them on just different projects and stuff. And John brought me into his office and he was like, hey, I got this project. And I was like, man, that sounds really, really cool. And it just ended up being, of course, I ended up going through a divorce. So I was like, look, I'm doing the solo and I'm from Jackson. So I know the vibe here and I know what I really want to create. And it just ended up being this really beautiful experience because everything came together. Um, everybody just showed up and like killed it. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was a big moment because I couldn't, so I couldn't see what was going on behind me. So all the parade stuff that you saw, Mm -hmm. I'm like in in front of the camera. And as soon as I remember getting there, do you know who Tywell Gaynor is? No. He works at Mississippi public broadcast. He's like one of my dearest friends. And so he helped organize and get the sonic boom and all that stuff. And I just saw all the buses pulling up and people and I just start crying because I was like, it was such a special thing for me. I was like, this is like my Beyonce moment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was like such a special thing to be able to do something for a city that has given me so much. And, um, I just felt so honored to really get to do this video and it just turned out to be so fun and cool. And I, I feel really lucky. Yeah, I feel like it's a special moment for me as well. You guys can't see me because I'm not on the camera at all, but I was there. (laughs) (laughs) But if you like, if you squint and look towards like the right of the corner, you still won't see me. But yeah. (laughs) I love it. 
Okay. <laughs> cool. So, um, what are your favorite places in Jackson? That's good. When when the world is open, right? Yes. Uh, my favorite. Yeah, my I love Pig and Pint. Okay, uh, that's one of my favorite local places to get food. Um, I'm a food person, so and then if I have a cocktail, I love Apothecary. That place is like vibey and cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I love like there's a cool um, like I'm trying to think of the name of it. I think Herbal Blessings, the really cool new shop that popped up. Yeah, I just shared that they launched an app. So I don't know when they launched it, but I think they sent the newsletter like yesterday and I downloaded the app today. Yeah. So, um, and then I just, you know, I love the Fondren area cause that's kind of where I live mm-hmm. and, you know, cups and getting coffee there and sticky beans and, and all of those little places, you know, kind of bring me some joy when I can go and just buy a coffee yeah. and hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so this podcast is primarily, it's technically for everybody, but it's primarily for transplants. What's a good way for people to make friends during this time where you really can't go out and make friends? Do you have some advice? I mean, we've got so, like your Instagram and Facebook, you know what I mean? Like, I know you guys are on Instagram, like places like that in the comment section is mm-hmm. where we can all connect at a time like this, you know, little meetups on Zoom. Um, you that's the biggest thing for me is like how can we stay connected? Yeah. Um via the internet when we can't really be out hanging out, which you know, I think yeah. which which our counts are going up, so <laughs> we shouldn't be really hanging out. We should really be staying at home and figure out how to nurture those relationships online. Yeah. I I have like a cousin's group chat and we were talking a little bit about a younger cousin had a question. Well, how do you make friends with women you see online who are killing it? And I'm like, well, you friend them and then you start engaging in the conversation. I said, I think most of my friends like right now, like as an adult or this part of my life, adulthood have been from social media. Yep. And then sometimes you meet them in person. Sometimes you remain friends for years and years. But I had a phone meeting with one, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago. And me and her have been talking almost nearly every day for like two years. I love it. But I'm like, yeah, you just, I I usually friend people I have stuff in common with. And like, you just start having a conversation. Next thing you know, you're close and you probably have not met them (laughs) ever. But (laughs) somehow they're your close friend. So It's like the new pen pal, right? It is. It is. is, And I have several of those like on Instagram where people will inbox back and forth and we'll have Mm -hmm. conversation or we'll like each other's stuff and be like, Hey, like this cool thing is going on. Make sure, you know, if you can't come to this event or see it online, like that's great. I think that like, I mean, it's, yeah, we're in the digital age of pen pals, you know, and I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think when I think about it, the reason why I started Facebook in general was it was shortly like after Hurricane no, it wasn't after Hurricane Katrina, right after, but I think maybe a year or so after in 2007, but I couldn't find some of my family and friends. So mm-hmm. I ended up getting on Facebook so I can start finding people and keeping in touch with them like post Katrina. So that's really how so my, it wasn't a global pandemic, but it was a type of, uh, you know, weather. I don't know. What do you call weather stuff? I'm not sure. 
yeah. it was it was a bit a catastrophic <laughs> event. So, but and that was the reason why I initially started social media. It's like I need to find my friends and be able to keep in touch because I'm not going to probably be going home as often anymore. So yeah. 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 And there's so many people online that I never met in person, like you, for instance. That it's like, oh, now I've got. I can go and cheer you on online. And I think that's like the beautiful thing about having online friends is like you can invest in this really social way where it's not somebody coming over to your house or all of those things, but you can be there and be cheerleaders for them. And I think we need that as women and we need that as black women to be able to say like, Hey girl, go keep doing stuff. You right. know, to all, all of us as women, but definitely like to encourage each other. Right. But I will say when outside opens, you know, sometimes you get too busy or you don't feel great and you skip brunch or you say, oh, I'm not going to go to that party. I think I'm going to everything okay <laughs> to go. Because I'm like, man, I've I just been thinking about it. I was like, man, at one time I didn't go somewhere. <laughs> and now I look on TV and I'm, you know, like when you look at old movies or TV shows, yeah. not even that old. I'm like, look, look at those people standing close together. Yeah. <laughs> like the old days. <laughs> Before it wouldn't kill you. Like, that's so crazy. <laughs> so, but I think that's going to be the one thing I do is, because I'm one of those people who I can give it like a good two hours. And after that, I feel like completely drained. So mm-hmm. I think I'm, that that might change a little bit once we can go out again. Yeah, for sure. Social butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> but for two and a half hours, maybe instead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was some really, really good advice. So I am coming across, because I'm trying to be intentional about being here in Jackson now, and I will say I'm starting to have like a lot of musicians on the podcast, a lot of artists. So I, I'm, I'm not from here, so I have my own perspective. It seems like this is kind of, like this industry is kind of re- being, like a creative industry is being reborn maybe, I feel like, or growing a little bit. Are people feeling more comfortable doing things from Jackson opposed to saying, oh, I have to move to like the next big city or next musical city. So like, what do you feel about the future of music in Jackson? Because like, I think even like the last past year or so, I've learned so much about music in Jackson. Like my dad was even telling me about things. I'm like, how do you know this? Like my mom, how do you know this? And I don't know this. And I've been here since 2003. I don't know these things. So, like, what mm-hmm. do you feel about the future of ja- music in Jackson? Well, I mean, to start, like, we have such a great history here of, of music, right? The blues, soul, gospel, um, and now it's, like, hip-hop, R&B. Um, I call myself folk soul. And, like, everybody gets to do their own thing. Like, Fitzchild, he's amazing. Silas is amazing. Even though Rita isn't, she is a musician, but she's a comedian as well. Like she gets to do her own thing. We've all kind of done things from this hub. I lived in a few other places uh, before coming back here. And I'll say like that it's, it's really cool. One of the things that keeps me here and keeps me grounded here is the opportunities I get that I probably wouldn't get. I don't know because I lived in Phoenix, Arizona. I lived in Louisville, Kentucky that I didn't get there. And it really has kind of forced me to look at Um, how I'm able to create from here in a different way. Like I can get grants. I can, um, you know, be a part of the city with soul. I can, you know, be on panels and do different things all while while still traveling when the world is open. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's these really beautiful things. Like 
for us in Jackson, we've got this new fresh energy of people up and coming and doing their own thing and finding ways to like celebrate the city and celebrate the state and talk about hard stuff because we do have a lot of hard things here that we are addressing, but still give it, given a fresh new um, spin on it. So it's not all negative. It's like, you know, this is my city. And I, I, like, I really appreciate that. So I think we're up and coming. I think we got a lot of really good stuff to celebrate. Yeah. I remember one thing you said about being grounded. I think about that too. I'm like, what if I really do get the opportunity to, to relocate like in real life? I would think, you know, like I love my, my home city. Of course, uh, I feel like I would jump at the opportunity to be there, but I do feel like Jackson is a place that has kind of grounded me and mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to lose that part of it. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. interesting that you say that. Um, yeah, I, it's interesting, especially like this time kind of slowing us down. It is giving us an opportunity to figure out how we want to redo things. Sometimes that's not a bad thing. It felt, it felt bad, you know, cause it's, it's the norm that we've had, but just to have the opportunity to figure out what do we really want Jackson to look like? What do we want Jackson to sound like? And kind of get ahead on branding as well. So I always mm-hmm. talk about that. I'm like, it's just so much. And I'm a person who's kind of, I dig for stuff kind of a little bit. So I'm mm-hmm. like, if there's things I don't know, there's so many other things that people don't know that we aren't properly um, capitalizing on. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I, and we've talked about, it, I think, like previous episodes about how people internationally come here <laughs> And they're excited to see Jackson and see the architecture they know about the music. And I'm like, but mm-hmm. a lot of us here, like, we don't even know about those things. So, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what that looks like or who responsibility it is. But like you said, it is a rich, rich history here that um, mm-hmm. we just don't really share too often. So we let a lot of other people paint the narrative. But to me, um, the South of Mississippi in general, when you think about creativity or you think about music and art, it doesn't you can't talk about anywhere else in the United States while talking about it here in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, I had a friend, his name is Chad Elliott come in and he's from Iowa and he was like obsessed. I was like, Oh yeah, well we can like take you on a tour through Malico. And he lost it. He's like, Oh my God. He was like, Mr. Sip's album was recorded here. And then he was like, and this, oh, and this album and this, like he had all this research And it was like such a big moment for him where he was just like, I can't, I can't handle this. You know what I mean? And I was just like, oh yeah, we'll just like go to Malico. Cause for me, it's like a, you know, a place I record all the time and have a good time and no issues, not hard to get into. And for him, it was a big deal. And I, I think about that all the time because, you know, it's stuff that's in our backyard that is like a treasure for these people in the middle of America or on the West coast. Like I was talking to this label exec and he was like, loves the blues, loves everything. He's in LA. And I was like, you should just come and tour Malico. And he was like, oh. <laughs> like his mind exploded. Like he just like, <laughs> was like, really? <laughs> like, I just find that hilarious. Right. Yeah. Because to me, it's like, you know, right down the street from my grandma's house, you know, like in this weird neighborhood and cute, you know, cute in a lot of ways, like old school, and he, people just freak out of it, over it. So I think like there are, there are so many special things that we take for granted here. Yeah. I can't wait to tour one day. I did talk about it probably like 
a year ago. So, but I want to do it with my dad because he was one of those people who talked about, and I'm like, why do you know these things? I don't know it. Like, like how? <laughs> but you know, like he's a musician, so I guess like he wouldn't know those things. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So also let's talk about your new album, right? Yes. How do you yeah. feel? Like how long did it take for you to create it? Like what's the process? How do you feel about it? Um, it's my new baby and I love her. Her name is Black Empress. And it took me about a year to record this album. And I'm, it's probably, this is the seventh album I've released out into the world. And it is by far my favorite album. Um, I just wrote it from a real place. Like I said, I went through a divorce uh, with my music partner who came on kind of in the middle of my career and just kind of rebuilding that and then coming out of something that was supposed to be really, really hard and devastating and turning it into something that was empowering. I think for me is just my best work today because there were no steps skipped. And what I mean by that is like, if you listen to the album, you go through all of the emotions with me and it's a full journey and the production I worked with. Um, and this is what I love about art is because you don't need a whole lot, you mm -hmm. know? So I recorded it in Nashville in a one bedroom apartment with a friend of mine and his fiance and she'd be making muffins and we'd take a break and he'd be <laughs> like, yo, stop talking in the kitchen. You know, it's like, yeah, you got to come come vocals. I'm like, okay, focus. And we just had this beautiful time. And if I needed a minute, to like pull myself together and talk through some heartache or pain that I could. And then we recorded. And I think it for me made this album real tangible, but the production is like high quality in my eyes and it's authentic. You know, there was no, we didn't do a whole lot. There was probably five of us total on the whole entire album. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's super cool and impressive. Like. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I like, I'm so, I'm just so proud of it. I'm so proud of what we got to create with this little bit of time and um you know it took a year and i would just bring songs as i was writing them so mm -hmm. i would say okay i've got two i got four i'm bringing you know this month and i'll drive up to nashville and stay and we track those um and it just ended up being really beautiful i think really powerful and for me as a black woman in the u.s i really wanted to name it something that was a reflection of like my trip to africa last year and really like leaning in on that, like black empress, like mm -hmm. you don't have to be, the white empress is al already a thing. You know what I mean? We need, we need more black empress and we yeah. need to call ourselves that. And so that was, that was the whole point of writing this album. What part of Africa did you visit? I went to uh, Tanzania um, and Nigeria. Okay. So I went, the, there's a USC department, um, program called American Music Abroad and they send 13 to 14 bands that they pick out of like 300 all across wow. the world as musical ambassadors for the U.S. And it was a beautiful experience. Rita B, the comedian, she plays drums, so she plays drums with me and she was my drummer for that trip. We had a blast. Yeah. And, and then I had another bass player named Nate Henson on bass and it just ended up being this really cool trip. But coming from that experience and then writing this album, I've really it just brought so many different elements into my writing. Yeah. How was the food? Okay. Tanzania, the food was bomb, like super bomb. I was like, how can they were like, these are bananas. And they were kind of like starchy potato kind of, I mean, they had like, I don't know, 25 to 50 different types of bananas. And then they 
put them in this like coconuts. Oh, the food was. Is incredible. it bananas or is it plantain? I don't know. No, that's what I was saying. They were like, no, these are like bananas. Oh wow! And so they were like, they like I think we have like what bananas and plantains, right? Yeah. Like those those are our number two. We're right. like, it's not a banana, it's a plantain. And they had like a whole array of like different types. Wow. And the food was incredible. Um, I mean, it was just delicious in Tanzania. We didn't have a whole lot in Nigeria that was like uh, culturally, yeah. you know, from the area because mm-hmm. the British invade Nigeria and, it's, mm-hmm. you know, colonized Nigeria. So it just ended up being, you know, the, the food in Tanzania to me was like way yeah. delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I want to try jollof, but like I want to try it in Africa, maybe in right. Ghana. I know it's like a fight over who has like the best jollof. Like <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I just know that it's probably gonna be better there than it would be here. Is all I know. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly, I just got my little DNA kit in, so I'm excited oh. to spit in it (laughs) 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 and find out what part of Africa I would have been from or I am from and when I find out when I tell you I'm going to be so extra talk about flags I'm going to have a flag in here I'm going to change my whole attire (laughs) I'm going to like this just and that was part of the reason for me doing it too just because to know that side of it because we've tracked some things in our family i'm like well, what part of africa was that from so yeah. i am gonna be so extra and then it's and the funny part of it is that i'm gonna be a level of extra that doesn't make sense because i'm not gonna <laughs> be able to travel there it's not like i've been there like oh i've been to africa i stayed a couple of weeks in my life it's like no i just got this dna result and it says yeah. <laughs> it says i'm from ghana so guess what <laughs> Whatever you need to do. Like, I think that's beautiful and amazing, you know? Yeah. To celebrate where you're from, even if you can't go right now. I think that's amazing. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. So I think once we wrap up, I'm probably going to go ahead and spit for uh, (laughs) a little too. Let me know your results. Okay. Yeah. I want to share it with everyone because I just found out, which we all know that everybody basically has family from Mississippi, but I got confirmation through like a great grandfather, maybe great grandfather that they're from um, Mississippi. One part, one is from Woodville, Mississippi, which I had never heard of until like a month or so ago. And um, I had to look at the other person um, to see who my other ancestor is from. But so I have confirmation. So I was telling everyone, I was like, I don't know if I can have Jackson transplants if technically I'm from Mississippi. Like, I don't know if I can be a transplant anymore. So, yes, yeah, so it's been an interesting uh, journey to see what was all out there, um, because I'm definitely going to want to connect with that family out there as well. Or just even visit, like, where my family would have uh, stay what they would have done in Woodville. So yeah, but you you're gonna know because when you start seeing like flag and you know how they have those textiles and patterns, you're gonna see the totally. extra <laughs> start showing up. Totally. And it's like even a food. Maybe I need to like get my banana game together. I don't know. Yes, maybe we'll see. So. <laughs> okay, so uh, do you want? Of course you want these people to follow you. I think I'm just going to put everything in the show notes. All of your sure. information is like super easy. Usually I have people listed, but we're not going to do that. You don't need to do that. Okay. Okay. Um, but you did send me uh, music uh, that we can feature. Do you want to talk about that song that you picked? 
Oh, I didn't pick. I sent you just a whole oh, album. You sent me so the whole whatever, album? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So whatever, uh, whatever you want to use from that, I pressure, think. Pressure, pressure. Yeah, I think. So I will tell you Black okay. Empress or Move or probably. Uh, well, I'll give you three. All right. Okay. Black Empress, Move, or Don't Come For Me. Okay. So pick whatever energy you feel like, you know, the. Uh, the conversation and the album like starts energy. with "Don't Come for Me," right? Yes. I mean, yes. you came out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this the first song just so you can know. I don't know. I feel like I might need to pick that one. <laughs> I was like, yeah, here we go. We're going in order. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's <been> great. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think we're gonna pick that one. <laughs> I think that's great. I think our conversation's been light and don't come for me is perfect for that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Too bad I, I too bad I couldn't feature it in the beginning. They're gonna be like, what's wrong with Ashley? Like why is she coming out? <laughs> this honestly it's so great um that I'm getting stuff after the fact, right? Because mm -hmm. the album's been out yesterday made a month. Mm -hmm. And so the more stuff I have after that, because everybody, it seems you think everybody knows about the album, but they don't. Some people go offline, they miss it. So this is perfect. It really is great. Perfect timing for me. Yeah. I say even for me in this platform, I have to be more intentional about stuff. A lot of times I'm one of those people who kind of check in to post stuff and check messages and check out. And I don't know anything that's going on. So now I yes. said, especially with the people that I have on the podcast or the people that I'm following, like I have to literally like scroll through and make sure I'm paying attention to stuff. Even email, like I'm like super behind. I used to be a person before the pandemic who checked email like twice a day or three times a day. And now yeah. it's like, I'm going like a week or something and I'm missing stuff by doing that now. So I have to be a little bit intentional now about making sure I keep up with what's going on. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Just, just trying it's an adjustment. <laughs> trying to balance everything. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and like now that home's become old. Yes, yeah. two-year-olds and homes become offices and stuff now. So you know, you try to. Yeah, I'm surprised you hadn't heard her like screaming in the background. Oh, so. yeah. I think this time it's like so. Um, you know, for me, this is the most I've been home in forever, right? Like, um, and it just has been kind of crazy of like how you know. Usually, I'm on a stage playing, and now it's like all in like here this is where i do my live streams and everything and uh just be at home all yeah. the time you know what i mean i'm not used to the like i'm not used to being like i've got to perform here i gotta do laundry yeah. here. i gotta do all the things here you know yeah what are you doing like as a musician because like you can't go on tour like do you feel like it's a good time to kind of figure out how to be innovative or are you kind of just going with the flow? I'm learning to stop fighting to have the same level of art I had pre COVID and that I'm just going to have to make adjustments and that it's probably going to hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. And honestly, right when COVID hit, I was like this, I was thinking like, Oh my God, I got an album I'm trying to, you know, get to print right now. Uh, I had tour dates I was thinking, you know, supposed to do and people offering me shows. I was just getting back from Arizona after doing several shows there. And I didn't know what I was going to do 
And then I had a bunch of people hire me to do online, like Zoom uh, meetings. So I've done graduations. I've done oh, wow. panels. Uh, I've done like a UC Berkeley happy hour. I've done like all kinds of stuff, some global living rooms. And it's all either been on Zoom or I've done it on Facebook, like some stuff for a hospital. So it ended up being good because I found a way right off the bat mm-hmm. with one of my mentors and she was great. I was like, I got to figure this out. She was like, I'll hire you for this. And then other people started hiring me from her hiring me. And so then I just got a bunch of work. Yeah. So it actually has forced me to think about how, like I said, I'm always about working smarter, not harder. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, this is pretty, excuse my friends, damn amazing. Like yeah. I'm in my room making money right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I didn't have to drive five hours or get right. on a plane or any of that. Like I'm like, it really makes me think of when the world opens back up, how I want to do things differently. I've got a Patreon channel that's doing pretty good too. And so that's an exclusive thing. They get live streams and live concerts. And um, so it's just really forced me into kind of figuring, you know, new technology out and, and pulling it together. I'm real thankful for that because I don't think of myself as a crazy tech, techie person, um, but it forced me to learn something new which I'm sure it probably did the same for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm constantly testing out um, like new software and trying to learn new things and try to figure out. It's so funny because I have all this equipment, but now like with Zoom, I can just hit record. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) more heavy lifting after, but you know, but this is kind of easy. Like I talked to some high school students about podcasting and I'm like, now you can just do Zoom. You don't have to buy hardware if you really don't want to, you know? So, um, so it's been interesting. That was like my biggest concern, just, you know, like being from a place like New Orleans and knowing like my dad's a musician and producer and I have a friend who's a singer in the French choir. And I'm like thinking about all these other people. I'm like, they literally make their money from like going on stage or performing every single day. And I'm like, how do they, that was the first thing I thought about. I'm like, how do they make money? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. But um, it's definitely, like I said, it's definitely an interesting experience to make us think through some things and for some people to take necessary breaks that they probably wouldn't have never been able to take, you know, they just, you know, stop and think about what they want to do with their life and all that other stuff. Yeah. And re, uh, like revamp, rejuvenate, like say, okay, how do I want to approach this differently? I think that's the kind of beauty in all of this is we all get to kind of take a moment um and say okay i can do things differently and this is showing me hopefully a different way or what i want what i don't want right (laughs) right all of those things right especially in those impossible situations which i know like financially is hard for a lot of people and some people need work for some people who absolutely hated their jobs I'm like, this might be a time to dip out. Because some people, yeah. you know, while some people are laying off, some people are hiring. I was like, you never know. This might be a time to be like, hey. <laughs> yeah. 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 I so, mean, yeah. Post office backed up. Like, I mean, there's so many jobs where people are like, we need more pe- nurses. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you got a whole slew of positions and different things. Amazon workers. Yeah. Everybody's ordering stuff online. I mean. Yeah. yeah, and I've gotten, I'm 
a bit comfortable now so it's like even with me like the type of work i'm selective i'm like i really don't have to deal with this crap if i want to yeah <laughs> so uh yes yeah, so i don't know if it's gonna i don't know if this has been a good or bad thing for me it's like my tolerance is like is real real low i'm like i literally don't have to do this if i don't want to <laughs> so uh, my dad and I uh, we were chatting he's like you definitely need to finish school he said I was just watching your progression with your career and you were staying on jobs shorter and shorter and he was like yeah she's not going to be able to do nothing traditional he's like your patience is just growing thin with each <laughs> employer oh my God, so yes. yeah I'm the same way yeah I'm thinking about my next step as well um, but I just know it's not a lot of people <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not nine to five i can't be traditional i have to be like project based or something so yeah yeah me too. yeah i get it uh yeah so haters <laughs> i will talk to you guys next week make sure you follow on facebook twitter and instagram at jackson transplant spell jackson um email me support me on patreon it's patreon.com slash jackson transplant and yeah, I will talk to you Jap Turkeys next week. Bye. <laughs>